The following is a 5 for 2 production. See you next week. Night. <laughs> Going back to writing my book. Actually, I'll tell you what. Uh, speaking of X, this could be triple X because I believe if we listen really quietly, my neighbors are banging right behind this wall right here. <laughs> no, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was praying to God you weren't going to show us uh, your fucking wedding night video. Uh, that's no, so, no, 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 uh, no, 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 not me, but uh, I think my neighbors have a little fun over here. I keep hearing a boom, boom, boom. It's like, it's like as Sam Kinison once said, you know, uh, folks, you may think it's a good idea to videotape yourself having sex, but really, you know, you, Don't do it. <laughs> you look, you look like a polar bear that should be put out of its misery. Arr, arr, arr. Hey Todd, um, what, what a great segue into the first topic I want to talk about tonight. You know, we're, so we, I, I, since we don't have any bands that we've seen with X, uh, I'm sure we both saw the I X. I never Freddy. saw X, which is the I, only I, band I can think of. I never saw X. Cowboys um, yeah, care. sorry, Andy. We can't talk about your band for uh, a half hour. Right? Half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I saw them a couple times over for Watershed. That's you yeah. know, that, that, yeah, there's sorry. the extent of the story right there. So since you never uh, saw, since neither of us saw the only band named X, <laughs> we're gonna do a little extra. Uh, stuff that we didn't cover in well the first episode we only did one a so we right, had right. a very big error right there were a few episode. different things we didn't really start throwing everything at the fence you know until about uh episode, know, episode f or so so i got a couple that i got a couple little uh, cute stories here i guess cute stories for the peoples and um but as I mentioned, we, since you brought up Sam, we never really, we don't talk a lot about a lot about comedians on the show. Uh, I know you did mention that you saw Richard Pryor. A little bit. I mean, all right. So I, I'll, I'll go through you my list. You did see Sam Kennison, right? I'll go through my list real quick. I've, okay. I've seen uh, George Carlin twice. I have seen Sam Kennison twice. I have seen um, Don Rickles with uh, uh, Joan Rivers at the Ohio uh, Zoo, Columbus yeah. Zoo. I believe uh, you actually did talk about that in the episode that is premiering right now on the screen next to me. Uh, there you so go. There, so, there, that uh, lets you know, people, what night we're uh, recording this. So. <laughs> I've seen Rita Rudner. I've seen Dice Clay at the at the comedy store on Sunset when he was just wearing sweatpants, and that's about it. <laughs> and I, I, I saw Carlos Mencia at the comedy store, like before he really started getting famous for ripping people's other material off. <laughs> Who, whose uh, material did you rip off that night? Probably Richard Pryor's. Uh, but, um, but speaking of Richard Pryor, I saw Richard Pryor at the comedy store. Uh, now, granted, this is 1995, so they had to wheel his ass up there. Uh, but uh, We talked about that a little bit in our episode P. Yeah, he yeah. could barely speak, but God damn it, I saw Richard Pryor. Uh, you know, so I, like, I, the only, the only comedy hero I didn't get to see was Bill Hicks. Nice. Um, but other than that, uh, I, I, I mean, there aren't too many comedians out there today that really impressed me that much as someone I would want to go see live. Uh, there, there's, there's no one out there making comedy albums anymore that I want to buy. Um, what, you know, my, my comedy heroes are dead and gone. <laughs> and, and, and un unfortunately, uh, I will just have to just revisit them through their records. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. Whenever I feel the need. I, uh, I don't, I don't have anywhere near the list that you have, but I did get to see Carlin, who's probably my favorite of all. Um, speaking of albums, I have all his vinyl albums. I remember nights in college where we would literally just sit around listening to a comedy a album. A week. You know? <laughs> and listen and just listen to an album that we've heard all the jokes before which kind of leads me to my short carlin story i did get to see him in 1994 at the palace theater uh right there if you can see that um but 
it was a greatest hit set, Todd. I literally, every jo- he opened with, hey, you, you never notice that all the people that are against abortion are the people you wouldn't want to fuck in the first place? And from that point on, boom, every joke. I love that joke. I still love that joke. Oh, I mean, it it had people, it was like Don Felder opening with, uh, you know, already gone when I saw him, you know, open for uh, Sticks and the Dario Speedwagon. He just put everybody in the arena on on their feet, you know, right from the start. And that was exactly, you know, what happened with Carlin. You know, boom, everybody was up and roaring for that show. You can't always have a brilliant night. Stand-up comedy is a lot different than playing in a band, Kevin. Uh, You know, you can't... you know, you can't have a brilliant wing it all, uh, you know, epiphany moment every evening. Sometimes you just got to be a little rope. He did try to kind of tailor the jokes to the local, you know, to, to the locality. Like he talked about how his wife was from Columbus and they conceived their daughter <laughs> in Dayton. But it, it still led to an old joke, like about the, the Congress, the Congress Inn. And if you think about what happens at a lot of motels and what happens with Congress, it makes sense. But anyway, we won't get political. Uh, that's Carlin. God, God bless him. I'm, I'm glad hey, I got to see him. We won't get political tonight, Kevin. Hey, you, got, you got your shirt right on. Right, <laughs> I'm glad you got your shirt because it looks like a lot of people aren't going to get there. So that would kind of suck that, you know, if it, you know, not to even happen. Well, look, uh, apparently it wasn't supposed to come until after the election. But uh, now, as, as you all know, you know, we record these shows a little bit ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the big day has not happened yet. So this is just a couple I, days, couple days away. But I'm uh, wearing my shirt proudly on Tuesday. I went uh, more with the holiday. I went more with the the uh, Halloween theme here for the evening. There you go. All right. Let's. Well, yeah. So there you go. All right. So all right. So that's comedy. We talked about our favorite comedians. Um, here's a story that I think we missed in in episode B, and then I tried to squeeze it in. In episode T, I was going to go with the venue, you know, to try to squeeze it in. So I'm going to tell it now. But when I was a senior in high school, uh, the band Black Oak, Arkansas, or what was left of them, came to a came to a bar in town called Thirsty's. Thirsty's Bar, right there. So, of course, it was a bar, so you had to be of age to go to the show. So me and my buddy Dave Blankenship, we had made some pretty convincing, eh, they weren't really, they would not work today, but back now, then. was Tommy Aldridge in the band? No, it was not Tommy Aldridge, it was just Jim Dandy and Ricky, Ricky Reynolds, original guitar player, but, um, so, we had our fake IDs that we had made, uh, you know, in, I think, uh, my journalism class, there's a, there's a good use of our extra newspaper time, Todd, you know, we made Wisconsin driver's licenses, because we figured, Wisconsin is close enough where you can... Out of state. Yeah, it looks different. Right. You You, you figure it's close enough. It's only a couple states away, so maybe there's some Wisconsin guys that might be in town, but... There's some really big dandy fans, man. (laughs) We don't know what the driver's license looks like. So anyway, so I went... Make yourself 27 so I can vote. So I go through all this trouble, Todd, to go and get in the show, and it worked. You know, they bought my... They either didn't care or, you know, bought it. And my older brother, Steve, was with me, so he was like 30 at the time. But about halfway through the opening act, we look over, and here comes my younger brother, who we've talked about many times on the show, Tom. And Tom was a sophomore in high school at the time. He literally had 1988 on his varsity jacket that he was wearing as he's walking in the door, which is two years you know, away from the year I'm seeing this, 1986. And he just... They just let him walk right in, you know. <laughs> so the three modern brothers partied to, to Black Oak, Arkansas at Thirsty's Bar in Portsmouth, Ohio in 1986. There's, that's basically that story. My brother got in again, just like with the uh, Alice Cooper story, uh, where he got to buy the beer without a, a fake ID. You know, Tom always looked a little older. So Tom is also going to figure into my main event story tonight, but... Uh, all right. Well, I, I, all right. Now he's come a long way from sneaking into bars or walking into bars when he was young. But anyway, so Todd, what what, what kind of stories uh, were you, did you have? Uh, I just got over? one. I got Aerosmith. That's Aerosmith. It. Okay. All right. Well, I got two more than I would like to tell. Uh, I wanted to mention. Here's a legend I never mentioned uh, while we talked either in the A's or the F's. Uh, Aretha Franklin, right there. Yeah, dude. I should have gone to that. 
And uh, that was the that was the what another summer I lived with you. Ohio State Fair, uh, July thirty first, twenty fourteen. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, I was I was at some shithole temp job that I, that was gonna fire me anyhow after six months. I should have just fucking blown that night off of work and gone to the show with you. Now here's the thing about Aretha that many people know. She, First of all, she's a big woman. <laughs> or at least was was the time. And then this was like uh, I think she passed away the very next year or so. But um, now, if if you know anything about Aretha, or fans know she doesn't, she won't sing in an, in a venue that has air conditioning. Now let me read this date. Let me read this date again. July the thirty first in Ohio at the, the Ohio at the Ohio State Fair. With with the with the barnyard animal, <laughs> it was really hot in there, Todd. Jesus Christ! I, think, uh, I mean, I I've been to some hot shows, but <laughs> we all look like you know we were at a gospel revival, just you know the sweat pouring down. Where did Jesus? And then she came out and she sang like eight songs, and then she was like, "I right, see ya," <laughs> and she's walking away. It's like what? What? Uh, that that's it? And I. And so then I'm, I'm already starting to rationalize it in my mind. Okay, it's all right if she did a short set. You know, she's old and she's elderly. And and, and I got to see her. I got to see her. And her band just kept vamping. You know, her backup singers did some songs and stuff. Sure enough, 15 minutes later, she came back out. And Todd just went on for like another hour and a half. Just, you know, school time with Aretha. <laughs> so. yeah, I know. I Look, you're rubbing it in now because I wish I had been there. I could have been there, damn it. I, again, always go to the show. Always go to the show. Always go to the show. All right, buddy, and I got one more story here that I got to tell. Um, we've talked about uh, my uh, old roommate, uh, Steve Dury, a few times uh, here on the show. God, uh, God rest his soul. Rest in peace, Steve. Uh, I'm glad that uh, I have these stories that he's I can looking share. Down now. and watching us in YouTube heaven right now. He, that's right. He's like, Monavon, why are you telling these stories now? God damn it. I couldn't get you to call me You're for 25 still making years. making me look bad in eternity. <laughs> no. So the first, we've also talked about the Al Rosa Villa a few times, both good and bad. Yeah. When they build the new apartments, we'll we'll talk about you know getting our our apartment together there. I, I think we should get a place there, Kev. Just you and me. It'll be the offices of Five for Two Productions. We'll, yeah, uh, you know, we'll have it in there. But the, the first you know, eventually Heather's going to kick that man cave shit out of the house. <laughs> you know that you're buried now. That ain't going to last long, brother. That's going to be a guest room in about six weeks. <laughs> So, Todd, the first time I ever went to uh, the Al Rosa Villa was in the summer of 1987. So it was the summer after my freshman year. So it would have been before I met you. Before I met you, yeah. And this was another show. Although I was in town that summer, but we could have met. You never know. Okay, okay. Well, this was a little like the following summer, which we told on the Leonard Skinner uh, show, where Steve and I agreed to meet in the summer for a concert. All right, you know, we're going to meet up for a concert. Well, this time we're going to meet for Molly Hatchet at the Al Rosa Villa. So now that should be reasonable. I mean, like if you if you can't find somebody at the Al Rosa Villa, either they are passed out in the women's restroom, <laughs> or so, they never they never made it out of their car in the parking lot. Well, it was easy to find him. Uh, God, uh, God bless my mom. She actually drove me up to this show and went to my I went back to my aunt's house in Mount Sterling. Uh, you know, while uh, I was you know partying at the show. And uh, sure enough, Steve and uh, his uh, girlfriend at the time were first people in line. So it wasn't hard to find them. So jumped in line with them. And uh, this, I remember this drunk, a few, <laughs> a few people behind us. He kept the entire time, Todd, for like an hour while we were waiting for the doors to open. They better play flirting with disaster. They better play flirting with disaster. They better. Now that's like standing in line at a Leonard Skinner concert saying they better play Freebird. You, you, it's going to happen, you know. Well, not only did it happen. What if they the, don't? What did, if they don't? You should have turned around, Kevin. Just you know, gotten right in his face. Didn't didn't um didn't Alice Cooper's manager tell you once that if he didn't play schools out there, there'd be a riot? Play schools out there's gonna be a riot. So there's do you think be a that, riot? So do you think there would be a riot at Molly Hatchet if they didn't play flirting with disaster? Depends on how long the whiskey lasted. Uh, you know, well, they, no worries. They opened with it. So the, the, the guy, he got his wish. He probably passed out right away afterwards. And, right? you know, but, but it was rocking. Now, now, Todd, here's the reason I want to tell this story. I didn't tell a story about seeing Molly Hatchet at the hour. Well, did that story to tell you this one? Yes. So after the show, Steve says, hey, let's follow the bus. 
So we did. Well, we didn't have to follow it far because it pulled out onto the um, onto Sinclair Road and right into the hotel next door. Right into the so continent, right around the corner. We ended up hanging out with Molly Hatchet till like dawn, partying. Here's all their autographs. And this was when re- <laughs> this is when there were real members. Danny Joe Brown was still alive. Dwayne Rowland, you know the the Molly Hatchet that story now has no original members. Now, They're all dead. Pictures? Do you have pictures of that night? Um, no, no, no pictures, but I have autographs to prove it here. So, so anyway, partied with my, I party. I never partied with Leonard Skinner, but I sure partied with Molly I Hatchet. Partied with Molly Hatchet. So all right, Todd. So I think that brings us to the uh, the 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 dual main event of the evening. I want to save my one story for the for the end here. Uh, about my brother, but uh, I, our big glaring omission in episode one was admit, obviously admit was obviously Aerosmith. Yes, yes. Uh, so, so let's talk. Uh, let's talk about Aerosmith. Uh, so when, now again, we. I mean, we we basically just made the A's one show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we didn't talk about except we didn't talk about the. Did we talk about the Alton Brothers? We didn't. Uh, I think we mentioned them on another episode somehow. We squeezed Alice them in. Chains, The Alarm, uh, American Aquarium, one of your favorites. One of my favorites, absolutely. So, Free uh, Anastasio, who we saw open for Petty. Don't give a fuck about him. <laughs> America. America. I saw America at the zoo once. Uh, I, I never saw Amer- Anthrax. We've seen Anthrax. I know. Kevin uh, mm-hmm. could do a half hour on Anthrax easily. <laughs> True, true. Uh, Rick Astley. I saw Rick Astley. I saw Rick Astley open for Genesis. Now that that was the same night that me and John McCarron <laughs> stole that extra pair of tickets, and the guy came <laughs> for, for, for Genesis. What did he do? He open for? Back. Did he open for Genesis? Yeah, Astley. Yeah. Oh god. And then, uh, and Yvette, and Yvette Brothers. Now I think we talked about the Yvette Brothers at one point during the Drive By Trucker show. But uh, other than that, those those are the A's. Okay, we'd, yeah. we'd miss the glaring, the big, the big, the big A. Come on, the big A, Aerosmith, folks. They, they could have had an episode of their own for sure. So. And they deserve one, but you know, Gabe, we look, we don't have time, and uh, and uh, and we, we need we, material for this episode, so it works out perfectly. So. Right, right. So, so when, now, Kevin, when when was your first Aerosmith show? What year? My first Aerosmith show was the Permanent Vacation Tour, and it was in the fall. So that would have been like fall of 86, I believe. Um, it was with Dockin. With Guns N' Roses opening up? It was actually with Dockin at the Ohio Center. Then that following summer, I saw them again on the same tour, and that was the fun one. Me and uh, my cousin Andy, we road tripped to Cincinnati. Uh, we, I talked about it on our uh, G episode when we were talking about Guns N' Roses because that's who opened. Um, I, well, what, what can I say? I mean, guns were on fire at that time, and you know, this, my my cousin Andy to this day he hasn't. And Aerosmith had sobered up at that point, which <laughs> kind of made the groups a little bit separate. There, they kind of kept Guns and Roses to like one side, and uh, and kept Joe and Steven as far away from Slash and Axel as they possibly could. Mm-hmm. Did but, you see? Uh, did you see him on that tour? I saw him three times on that tour with guns every time. Yeah. Nice, yeah. beautiful, beautiful. So, but all right, my the story I got to tell. My first Aerosmith show. Now, folks, uh, Aerosmith's one of those. They they are an iconic American band. I mean, you know, you you think of your great American rock and roll bands post post British invasion, right? You know, you had your Beatles, you got your Stones, you got your Who, you got your Kinks. Then you know, thank God for Hendrix. Uh, he straightened that shit out real quick, uh, you know, and, and we had, you know, we had the doors, you know, in the late 60s, we had Alice, uh, we had Kiss and Aerosmith, we had Cheap Trick after that, Ted Nugent, you know, so. God, we, the 70s were so great. <laughs> okay, kids today, you're fucked because you have no good music to listen to and I feel very badly for my, my, my nieces and nephews included. But, uh, but anyway, we're talking about Aerosmith here. And, uh, and of course, Aerosmith is one of those classic American iconic bands. I mean, I remember learning, learning about them probably through that really, really shitty Robert Altwood film, uh, <laughs> um, uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. <laughs> so, uh, so that's, you know, if, uh, if, if that was your, and, and, and that was probably my first introduction to Alice, really, besides The Muppet Show. Uh, so, so again, this 70s culture 
mixing in with children, uh, introducing them to rock and roll at an early age. And so by the time I was in 10th grade, Aerosmith had already reached their peak, gone over the peak, uh, <laughs> and were living on their friends' couches due to heroin addiction. Uh, they came back, you know, not quite clean, but at least came back enough to put the, a tour together in 83 and 84 called the Back in the Saddle Tour. And uh, this is before they, they put out uh, Done With Mirrors, before they put out uh, Permanent Vacation. And, uh, and it was one of the greatest rock shows I've ever seen. Uh, Hershey Park Arena, January 3rd, I want to say 1984. And um, I had third row seats. And uh, I, I, look, I, I remember my dad driving me to Hershey Park Arena, like half an hour away to get tickets the day they went on sale. And they went on sale at 10, we got there at 11. And I still <laughs> managed to get third row, far, far aisle, you know, second seat in. And somehow Keith Miller managed to get a seat in front of me, really kind of pissed me off. But still, I, you know, third row, I was very happy. I, I was so excited for a month, for a month, Kevin. I looked forward to the show. I would draw the big Aerosmith wings on my on my black science uh, bot, uh, biology desk. You know those big black thick science desks you got there? You know? Dude, two weeks ago on our Van Halen episode, you know, that was the same way. Not, leading up to that first Van Halen show, I probably drew that flying VH a hundred times. You know? Yeah. So the, the, night, the night before the show, I couldn't sleep. And, and, and I, I got out this huge piece of poster board and made a big sign that said Aerosmith together forever. And so far I'm right. Uh, and I had the big wings and everything and took it to the show with me. And so the deal was I went with my buddy, Tim Schaefer and his mom, uh, was going to pick us up. Mom and dad dropped us off. So mom and dad drop us off at the show. We get there. Now, this is a shitty old hockey arena. Uh, you know, it's, it's def- totally defunct now. And uh, basically, they just, they just use it to, to take the criminals they arrest from the Hershey Park <laughs> Stadium concerts after the show. Stadium. So uh, I, I know that personally. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, so anyhow, so we get in there, smoke-filled, I mean, leather jackets, denim, 80s hair, you know, just dirt bags galore. Our, our people, our people. Yep. And, uh, you know, so we, we had seats on the floor, start walking down those big stairs, you know, you get to the floor in the back, we had third row, third row, you know, took my sign with me. And uh, now this is back in the day when you had those shitty, you know, not quite Polaroid cameras, but still the really crappy little flashy things. Right, right. um, Which we've talked about many times on here, you know. You got 20, you got 20 shots. No pictures, no (laughs) pictures, nothing came out. But I have this memory. And the memory is this. About halfway through the show, Steven Tyler comes over to our side of the stage. And there's a big security guy standing in front of him. I got my sign. I, my whole goal is to get Steven to take my sign. Right? That's my goal. So I run up in front of the security guy. Ah, Steven! You know, security guys back, back away, you stupid white kid. And, uh, you know, and then Steven runs back to the middle of the stage and continues on. So later on in the show, he's doing Walk This Way. No security guard in sight. And Steven walks over again to the corner. I run right up. I hold my sign. Steven! He grabs that sign out of my hand. He runs across the stage with it, holding it up in front of the entire Hershey Stadium crowd and just whips it off into the crowd. (laughs) Who gives a fuck? Hang it! (laughs) Where's my sign? (laughs) And, well, you know, look, Steven Tyler took my sign. And so for the rest of the night, that's pretty much all all I can say. Steven Tyler took my sign. Steven Tyler took my sign. Tim's mom picked us up after the show. How was it, boys? Steven Tyler took my sign. She drives us the half hour back. She thought I was on drugs. Uh, You know, I I, I swear to God, there was no drugs involved. I was in 10th grade. No liquor, nothing. 
I was just high on just pure rock and roll. Yeah, pure rock and roll energy. So I get home and I, I'm running into the house to tell mom and dad the huge exciting news. Steven Tyler took my side. It's about 11 to 5. Dad says, Get us great. Take the dog out. We're going to bed. <laughs> They just don't, parents just don't understand. And Will, didn't Will Smith uh, say that? Sometimes they don't. But, all right, so now, I told you that story to tell you this one. Flash forward, I'm living with my parents again in like 2004, many, many years later as an adult. And it's Kiss and Aerosmith at Hershey Stadium. And uh, so I had seats in like the 90th row. <laughs> and uh, they were on the field, but still, 90th row. I somehow managed to squeeze into the third for Kiss and had a couple beers with me, having a great time. And I figured, all right, well, Aerosmith's up next. Kiss is almost over. I better go get a couple more beers so I can get back here before Aerosmith starts. And so there was a sweet old lady at the little end of the, at the end of the gate where I was near and I'd already talked to her before and made friends with her and, you know, so everything was cool, you know, and I said, I'm going to go get a couple more beers. I'll, I'll be right back. I said, okay, sweetie, don't worry about it, you know, so I went and got my beers and I came back and well, shit, she was gone <laughs> and she was replaced by a very large black man who was not nearly as entertained with my story about how I possibly lost my ticket on the way to get beer. So did not get back into my third row seat for Kiss and figured, well, all right, well, I was kind of like, I'll, I'll walk my way back a little bit. Kiss was almost over. They were on their third of the last song. Walked back about 15 rows, still on the aisle, had a good shot, you know, at the stage. And all of a sudden, out of the middle of the crowd comes some fucking security Yahoo. And he's like, let me see your ticket. Now, again, my ticket's in the 90th row. I'm standing in the 15th. And I, I, I got a beer in each hand, and I said, uh, I, mu I must have left at the beer stand. And he wasn't having that. And uh, next thing I know, we get in a little kerfuffle. And, folks, here's my advice to you. When speaking to uh, concert security, these two words – I don't advise using. Fuck you. Because <laughs> as soon as I said fuck you, those two beers I had in my hand were knocked out immediately. <laughs> I was spread down on the fucking asphalt to the ground. Five other people jump up top on me. I hear one cop yell, he's resisting arrest. I said, I'm not resisting shit. Uh, it took seven fucking people to drag me out of that goddamn stadium, throw me in a police car with my kiss hat, my cigarettes, and by the way, I had about three joints rolled uh, in my cigarette pack. They haul my ass off over to the Hershey Hockey Arena. You have been holding this story from me for years. I've never heard this story before. Uh, Never. Oh, yeah. up. You were saving it for tonight. All right, so <laughs> the, the, the cops call me out. They put me in the cop car. They take my hat off. They empty my, my pants, my cigarette, my wallet, my wallet, my keys. Take it all, lock me up, drive me over to the fucking, you know, little hockey place. And they've got another 50 other yahoos locked up just like me that they got for standing in the wrong goddamn area not being in the right seats and I, I end up talking to the sergeant and by that point I had calmed down enough where the guy said well look clearly you know you were upset and uh I don't know why it took seven of my deputies to get you into the car but you know we're gonna give you a fine and we're not going to arrest you tonight because I mean they got the cop station right across the hill in Hershey anyhow but then, but that, but now, as the cop is talking to me, he is sitting with my hat, my wallet, my keys, and a cigarette pack with three big fucking joints. And I'm just thinking to myself, just, just don't look in the cigarette pack. And praise Jesus, hallelujah, uh, he gave me my $109 ticket, 
handed back my hat with my wallet, my keys, my cigarettes, and my joints. And I said, so can I go back into the show? <laughs> he said, no, no, you can't go back in. So I did not get to see the rest of Aerosmith. I stood her, I, I saw the first song, and it was the same goddamn set I'd seen earlier that year anyhow. So I went and smoked one of the big joints in the parking lot and drove my ass home, went to the bar, had a couple beers, and, you know, called it a night. So yeah, that that was that was my almost getting arrested at Aerosmith story. See, I thought my I thought my Aerosmith story about the pump tour was going to be good, but I mean I don't even feel like telling it now, but I will. Um, <laughs> oddly enough, it involves uh, joints as well. I guess joints and Aerosmith uh, concerts go Dude, together. They're a pot smoking band. They used to inject heroin into their eyeballs for Christ's sake. So I mentioned doing is if all you're doing is smoking weed at an Aerosmith show, you're old. <laughs> So I've uh, so I've mentioned um, uh, Yancey Kayser a few times uh, on this uh, uh, on this uh, show. And I've also mentioned Cousin Andy a few times. Uh, Cousin Andy went to uh, the other uh, Aerosmith show with Guns N' Roses with me. We road trip to that one. But um, for Aerosmith on the Pump tour, uh, I would have to look up the date. I didn't grab the uh, stub here, but it was in the winter. Eighty nine or not? Eighty nine yeah. or ninety? Well, the show in Charles, where else? Charleston, West Virginia, was in the winter, and sure enough, a blizzard hit the entire way we were, the entire time we were driving there to this hour and a half, uh, you know, venue, you know, hour and a half away from us, and it was my first experience, Todd, with clam baking. The guy, and cousin Andy's two friends from his high school would not quit passing the joints around, and you know, I don't want to look like a pussy, so of course, you know, every time. It's like, don't we want to see the show? And don't we want to live as we drive in this blizzard? I can't see the road. <laughs> so it got really bad at the show. It got really bad at the show. I was so, I guess I was so stoned that I ended up falling asleep during Skid Row set or Skid Row or just that boring. I, uh, I was going to say that that's not that, that's, that's understandable. It couldn't be one. It couldn't be one of either. But I remember after the show, we had to get a hotel room. There was no driving back to Ohio afterwards, and uh, we we were we were confident that we were going to uh, you know pick up the uh, the girls from our hometown that also had to get a hotel room there that night. Nah, it didn't work out. You know, <laughs> well, they're not quite as fucked up as we are. But anyway, it doesn't it doesn't be getting uh, thrown into the back of a police car at the air. All right, so now uh, without uh, without you know comparing, you know, how many times have you seen Aerosmith total? Four times, and each time, what I was going to say is each time I kind of had a little. Um, it was like the all stars of the uh, '80s hair metal scene as the openers. The first time was Dokken, second time was Guns N' Roses. Third time was Skid Row, and the last time I saw Aerosmith was their big co-headlining tour with Motley Crue. So that was actually a pretty good show. Uh, my friend that I, I saw went, it and don't even remember it. My my friend that I went with, I, I just can't take him seriously anymore because he said Motley Crue blew Aerosmith away, and you know it's like, I, yeah, I'm sorry, but I can't. I have to look at the set list. I don't know. Uh, that could well, be. Fun. That could be possible. Set list, maybe, but Aerosmith uh, actually played live, and Motley Crue, you know, performed mostly to uh, backing tracks. So, <laughs> I think right there. And Vince Neil, I mean, come on. You know, Steven Tyler actually sounds good and can sing the song. You know, Vince Neil is from the David Lee Roth school of let's just scat and holler and yelp over the lyrics and let the crowd, you know. So how many times have you seen Aerosmith? You said you saw him three times on the permanent vacation tour alone. 19. Wow. So, yeah. So, So I mean, Aerosmith is in the top ten for me because, all right, now. What's your favorite? What's your favorite Aerosmith show? Well, I got to say the first one was great. Uh, This last one I saw was a bit disappointing, which was at Jazz Fest 2018. And the reason it was disappointing was they didn't do anything special for that event. I mean, to be headlining Jazz Fest in New Orleans on a Saturday night, bring out some horns. I mean, you know, play, you know, play uh, play, uh, Big Ten Inch. Uh, You know, play, uh, you know, their their big deal was playing Ragdoll just because they shot a video in the French Quarter once. Who gives a fuck? Uh, You know, but... um, yeah, I mean, like that. I mean, they hadn't played in almost two years. 
they came right back out and opened with um, uh, Rats in the Cellar. Not Rats in the Cellar, but Toys in the Attic, which is standard opener. I mean, dude, play, you know, back in the saddle. First time you haven't, you know, you've played in two years. Back in the saddle, baby. It's, uh, that's common. Right, right. Uh, but anyway, uh, so, I mean, like, I, I I am holding off on this. I want to see him one more time just to say I can saw him. I see him 20 times. Uh but I, I don't want them more than Arab, than uh, Cheap Trick or Alice. So, I, you know, they, I, I, want them, I want them just one one notch lower than Alice or Cheap Trick, I think. Right on, right on. I, I, think, I think that's where they belong in the list. <laughs> well, hopefully, buddy, we'll get a chance to see both Alice and Aerosmith again. So let's keep our fingers crossed. And, uh... Dude, do you realize how much money that the MGM Grand has lost by not having Aerosmith play there for the last eight months? Uh, dude, they, they, they're not getting out of there until they're all dead. <laughs> They'll be propping up their corpses and doing some weekend at Bernie stuff. Or the, oh, yeah. yeah, or, yeah. Or, the, uh, or the whole hologram, we'll have the Aerosmith Hologram tour, you know, so, and you, you just look, you, you, and you can you can take a little tour and like look at all their uh, costumes and uh, that sort of shit, you know. Right on, right on. But, well, um, uh, so now um, we do have a little extra footage, I believe. Right, we do have a we do have a story. We do have a story that we uh, we put in the bank uh, several uh, several weeks ago. So that's going to come up uh, after uh, we're finished here. But I I had one last little tale I wanted to tell. Uh, just again to uh, give a shout out to my brother Tom. Um, you, many times, Todd, uh, we have uh, told stories already of shows that we didn't get to see. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, that's the story I want to tell right now because my brother Tom, as I've mentioned uh, before, um, he's for all the times that he beat me up as a kid, I would have never thought I'd be saying this right now. But he's one of the most generous. He's made, up, he's made up for it in his older age. <laughs> and yes, and, and he really tried to make up for it big time with this one, but uh, alas, uh, fate would have it uh, another way. Now, as we all know, Ozzy already had canceled all of his uh, tour dates in 2019, and he had moved them to 2020. And that was he, for health reasons. Though. Yeah, yeah, that was for health reasons. And then he fell again, and... And he was doing appearances like on MTV with Post Malone, and he was, he was sitting on a Ozzy on the ATV. That's he what was... I want to know. Get that fucker, dude! Don't even let him near a lawnmower. What are you doing? <laughs> I know, I know. So, and the appearance he was making, he was okay. He was always sitting down, so I'm not sure Ozzy can walk anymore. That's all I'm saying. So I wasn't sure how he was going to do these dates anyway. So. So COVID kind of saved Ozzy this year, I think, or he would have had to postpone his dates yet another year. But um, so when all the lockdown and everything started and pretty much we were confident that there weren't going to really be any shows this year. My brother gives me a call. That's when he bought the tickets. (laughs) Yeah, my my brother gave me a call and he said, uh, well, since I already got my refund for it, I I can let you in on a secret. Your uh, gift this year was going to be third row seats to see Ozzy and uh, dinner with Ozzy before the show. (laughs) Dude, that's so awesome. Todd, look at at the price on this. Look at the face value on this ticket. $650. Sharon, Sharon, what the fuck? Why, you're charging six hundred and fifty dollars. Why not charge sixteen more dollars? Wouldn't Make you pay six, if you're paying six hundred and fifty? Wouldn't you like willingly pay six hundred and sixty-six dollars to have dinner with Ozzy? I mean, wouldn't Absolutely. be kind of appropriate, you know? So, uh, but anyway, God bless you, brother. I that if I um, can have uh, with Thank Ozzie. you, thank you very much. Maybe if Ozzy lives long enough for COVID to be gone and he actually tours again. <laughs> you can make it up to me. You're you're on the clock now. You know, I, I know you're capable. You're uh, you're worthy of it or anything. And what was it you said, Todd? Your your birthday's in April. Well, yeah, I was gonna say, hey, Tom, if you're feeling generous, uh, yeah, next time you want to get me a ticket, you let me know. So, uh, so oh, whoa, wait a minute, my headphones came unplugged there. I uh, I, I lost you. I lost you. All right. So anyway, 
So I think that's our, our extra stories for the evening. So, folks, by the time this airs, uh, we shall see whether or not we've got a new direction or... Uh, a, or if I'm going to even be able to console you enough to make the next, to record the last two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Y&Z, I might be solo on Y&Z, folks. It could happen. <laughs> Let's hope I finish up these last stories by Tuesday. All right, folks. Uh, yeah, but we, we we hope everybody went and voted and exercised their their right. Absolutely. No, no matter who you vote for, it doesn't matter because in the end, if you're poor, you're poor. You'll like this, Todd. I'll, I'll end with something political before we go to our next uh, for, to our next segment. Uh, my dad used to say uh, a lot. He used to say, "I don't know how anybody poor can vote for a Republican." <laughs> and then he that's, voted that's, for Reagan in 1980. So, <laughs> my dad did too, but I think that was just to appease the other members of the school board that he joined. Uh, I think that's all that was. So. But, but then Reagan pissed him off, and by '84, he didn't vote <laughs> for him again. So, yeah. yeah. Same here. Yeah, anyway, right I, I don't ever remember a president that my dad liked, you know, for for their entire term. I remember he liked, like, you know, he liked. We, a few we, had, a, we had a cat named Carter in '76. Okay, if that tells you anything about our family politically, so dude, we had two portraits in my house in frames. You know, besides all the crosses in the Catholic you know, family, we had two portraits. We had Jesus and we had John F. Kennedy. So uh, that that, okay. that tells you where I where I grew up. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But all right. Uh, Anyway, God love you. Uh, why coming up next yep. week? Next week. Uh, who, who you got? Who you got for why? Possible special guest. I hope I'm. I'm trying. You know, Colin owes me. He just hit me up tonight, and he wants me to write a piece for Pencil Storm. So uh, I got a little leverage. Maybe we'll still see him. Um, right. But uh, well, if not, we got Neil Young I, next week, and Neil then Young. we'll wrap it up with. Uh, I got with two versions story. of Yes. I've seen Yes in two different versions, and I got Dwight Yoakam. So uh, one of Collins, maybe maybe we can't get him on for a while. We'll see. Maybe maybe we can get him to play Turn Me On, Turn Me Up, Turn Me Loose. <laughs> From your lips to God's ears, buddy. All right, we will be right back with another special story. And I think we wrap up the episode there. So uh, I thought we were done. All right, I need a beer anyhow. <laughs> All right. And uh, we'll be back on Ticket Stubs. Ticket Stubs. All right, and we're back here on episode X of Ticket Stubs. Uh, Todd, you know, uh, neither one of us ever saw X, and we can't talk about the X-rated Cowboys for a half hour. So, yeah. Uh, so we, we so have – We're doing some extra stories. Exactly. We're doing some extra stories. So that's the, that's the X in the in, in this series tonight. So uh, introduce the final member of my immediate family, my little sister, Lee Baker. Hi, everybody. So, now, by the way, Kevin, I want to tell you, this is her first internet appearance in the world ever. Ever. Exclusive so, right here on Ticket Stubs, everybody. For all of her years on this earth, she has avoided being on the internet, so she decided to actually come on our show. So, God bless you. Thank you, Lee. All right. So, so I... So I think you you kind of clue me in here, Todd, on the stories you're going to share. Um, I think it's a, I think it involves a, a, a little ditching. A little I, ditching well, of I got the I got my dead shirt on, and uh, we're we're getting ready to go to dinner, so we we got to make this thing quick. But uh, there there are a couple stories that I wanted to just check on. First of all, now we've already told the journey story, and we've already told the kiss story. I wanted to get my sister's perspective on how I got those journey tickets. <laughs> so take it away, Lee. Little validation. Mm. Uh, it is true. It is true. I won the tickets in a, a fishbowl lottery at a raffle at the local record store in Lemoyne, I think. Maybe mm -hmm. Camp Hill. Um, it's also true that I was mid-softball game. I think I was at bat when I heard this, this noise behind me. Leanne! Hey, Leanne! And I'm looking over my shoulder. What? He's never attended a sporting event. Never once been to a game. Ever. <laughs> Highly unusual situation. He's like, you want tickets to Journey? Can I have them? <laughs> Can I have them? So, yes. It's all, it's all true. I think what I really said was, hey, Lee, you want some tickets to Journey? You don't want them, do you? <laughs> I think she's still got a home run. Who got, you know, tell you. 
So, all right. So now, do you feel bad about getting chipped out of the tickets after all these years? Yeah, I think you and Dad had a very nice time. I watched the podcast. I can say yes. We we heard, we heard that story on episode J. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now, all right. So now that's your version of that one. Now we're moving on to the kiss story, which we've already had both Mom and Dad tell their version of going to New York City to see Kiss at Radio City Music Hall. Your input on that story. All right, so I haven't watched that podcast. Um, my recollection of that concert is all of the seats in the venue were like velvet red. And uh, there was definitely a point where they announced that there can be no lighting of anything in the venue. <laughs> and at that point, everybody just lit up. And I was... <laughs> thinking to myself uh, what that would look like if uh, one of those little red cushions caught on fire. This is a fire hazard. <laughs> That's a fire hazard, Dad. <laughs> but yeah, that was, uh, I do remember, I do recall Mom um, standing on the seats, yelling balls to the wall. Right. Yes. Do you yes. remember there was also a young couple in front of us, uh, a tall guy and a little skinny girl with a big bottle of Jack Daniels? And they drank most of it. And at one point, the girl got on the guy's shoulder and just went, <laughs> and went down. You, you remember that? I remember that part. Okay. No. I remember that. Could happen. Young and impressionable Todd, you know, seeing these things <laughs> at his early concerts. All right. So now, now, those were concerts that she didn't want to go to. All right. Concerts that, that, I got her into, I'm proud to say that I'm responsible for getting my sister involved in both Jimmy Buffett and the Grateful Dead. Is that true or not true? That is true. Okay. Very true. And she took it and ran with it. Boy, she, <laughs> she was much more of a deadhead than I ever was. Buffett, I think, were probably equal, I would say. Well, they, she's, you know, she's more of a beach person than I am, actually. But uh, so, anyway, so I'm very proud of the fact that I was able to at least turn my sister on to a little bit of the music that I enjoyed over the years. And one of my, well, one of the family stories that still gets told over the years is the time that Lee and I went to Richmond, Virginia uh, to go see Jimmy Buffett. It was 1987, the year I was graduating high school, and the concerts were also the same weekend that I was supposed to have our baccalaureate speech. I was the baccalaureate speaker there. So now it was, I believe it was a two day weekend. I, I think it was. I think so. And, um, was that, did we take the school bus? No, no this is before school buses. Okay. And, uh, this, yeah, so the, 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 the Buffett years grew from like minivans to school buses over the years, guys. So, uh, but yeah, this is about 1987. And I remember, I think I drove down with Tim Schaefer and John Moore, and, and I think you rode in the van with Irwood and and, uh, yep. and a whole bunch of other people. And so we had a whole caravan of, of people with us. Now, at the end of the weekend, at one point, I'm hanging out with my buddy Rob Kelly, and he had his, uh, uh, an aunt or something in nearby Virginia near, near the venue. And he said, we're going to go stop by and, and, you know, and we'll get something to eat and we'll come back. Is or, this the weekend you wrecked Paige's truck? I think that was the next year. All right. Checking. All right. So, anyhow, so I go out with Rob Kelly, and we go out to his aunt's house and go visit and say hi. And we're going back on the highway, and we're passing King's Dominion and, and, uh, and the park where all of my family and friends are staying. Lee was getting a shower at the time, and... We're heading north. I said, Rob, where, where are we going? He's like, we're going home. What are you talking about? I'm, you know, I'm like, no, no, I got, we got to stop. So he just kept going north and we headed back to Pennsylvania. My sister gets out of the shower and says, where's my where's brother? My brother? <laughs> I think I was in ninth grade at the time. 14, 14. So anyhow, so I, I don't know how, how, you want to take it from there? <laughs> well, I think I was brushing my teeth, and I remember, you know, I was stumbled back to the campsite, and you were nowhere to be found, and I was hanging out, waiting for you to return, nothing, nothing, and finally, I, you know, I said, anyone, anyone seen my brother? 
you know, it's not unusual for him to go missing for long expanses of time. So I hadn't been really concerned until they said, oh, well, well he left. He left. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I didn't know how to drive. I, none of these were my friends. Um, I was really just there with my brother in, in the state of Virginia, trying to figure out how, about four, about four hours from home. how I was going to get to Pennsylvania. No cell phones. No, no, no money is nothing. <laughs> nothing. Now wait, there was there there was a, a group of Good Samaritans. The Good Samaritans were in college, if I recall. Yes, they were sort of the the the, the edges of the. They, they, they were, well, they they were, were the nice fringe. Ones. They were the fringe of the group. Not all of them. Like Robbie. Oh, Robbie? Yeah, they were so nice. Well, they, they were, I, they were... I've been ditched by Todd at a few concerts, but it's always been in town. So, you know, I haven't had a, a long <laughs> ride. Home. Home. Yeah, I can, get, I can get the Coda or I was, drove. It was four and... hours away in 15. So it was a little, a little bit different. So, yeah. So, right. anyway, these four guys who I barely know, um, with the exception of their reputation, say to me, Hey, Leanne, Todd's little sister. Yeah, we'll get you home. It's just gonna be a couple days. We're going. We're going to the beach first. <laughs> we're going to the beach. <laughs> so I took I took that offer, and luckily they got in. Uh, uh, I don't even know what you would call it. A drunken argument on whatever highway we were on. It would have been. I don't know. Probably going around Washington D.C. somewhere around Virginia. Again, we, we might be mixing stories here. So. Well, anyway, they yeah. got in a huge fight. Two of them were asked to leave the vehicle. That's it. Okay. Wait a minute. All right. So my buddy, Jay, all right, she, she gets in the van with these guys, right? J.M. and Dean, they've been drinking in the van the whole drive down to, to Virginia. Not a problem. On the way back, the driver decides, okay, no more beer. And Dean, oh, that was it. And, Dean and J.M. decide, look, we got a four-hour drive. We need a case of beer for the drive back. He said, "If you get in this car, if you get that case of beer, you're not you're not getting in the car." He literally ditched them in Virginia. They they hitchhiked home. She got the ride. You didn't have to walk at least, uh, you know. So all right, so she got in the truck with the guys. Robbie Irwin made it made it back in time for my uh, baccalaureate speech. I think JM made it in within an hour. Uh, you know, from Hitchhike, they they got a ride from D.C. like up to about the Maryland border, I think. But uh, but anyhow, so I, I did not mean to ditch my little sister. In but Virginia. he did, in fact, leave me in another state. I did leave her in another state. Post Buffett show. Now that one came in handy, though. I told that. Todd, what was mom and dad's reaction when you got home without your little sister? <laughs> Where's your sister? <laughs> Where's your sister? I said, it's not my fault. I just got in the car and you drove home. So, all right. So now, as Bill Cosby, before he got rapey, used to say, I told that story to tell you this one. So now, now we are fast forwarding to about 1991 or two. Uh, uh, Three River Stadium in Pittsburgh, Grateful Dead with uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash in their geriatric form. Now, it was Little Lee and I and my dork roommate, Sean. And I think <laughs> it's been mentioned I before. I can't remember if there's anyone else there with us or not. I, I can't remember. But uh, so we, we drove to Pittsburgh and... Uh, I don't think that's the right year. I think you got the year wrong. I could have the... Re- I could be the... It yeah. could be 93 or yep. 4. Nope, I'm going... Lee, I get so many small facts wrong on this show, and I don't realize it until after we record. We're not, it's we're it's, not it's out there in perpetuity. Fortunately, we're the only ones who are in there. No. Yeah, yeah. I think I was in 10th grade for this one. All right. I was 16. Right. I don't yeah. think so. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Anyhow. Doesn't matter. Anyhow. Years so don't I, matter. <laughs> I, I was 21. She was 17. We'll split it. Okay. All right. So, Somewhere in there. So, so anyhow, so the point is, I'm still supposed to be responsible for the little sister. You're never responsible for me. I've never been responsible. <laughs> but all right. <laughs> but <laughs> we go to the show, we get in our seats. We're about, you know, second second tier of the stadium, right? We're having a good time. Sean's got his big binoculars. He's Up in the high seats. He's just being a dork, you know. And Lee says, I'll be right back. Right? This is, this is, I think, in between Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and the Grateful Dead. 
set, I'll be, set break. I'll be right back. The dead start. Fine. No, it's, it's, she's probably in the beer lines and going to the bathrooms. It takes a little time, you know. Halfway through the first set, she's still not back. At this point, I start to get a little concerned. And, you know, and really all I had to go on was, uh, all right, has anyone seen a, a little redheaded girl with a purple tie-dye? Uh, you know, we're in a dead crowd of 20,000 people. This could describe pretty much half of them. He didn't want to lose me again. So he was a little on edge. I was on edge. <laughs> I was afraid I'd have to call mom and dad again and explain where their daughter is. So anyhow, you know, I'm, I'm starting to panic. And then Sean gets his binoculars out and he's looking down at the crowd on the floor and he says, hey, isn't that your sister? You gotta take it from here, Lee. I had found the opportunity during my walkabout to uh, essentially jump under the barricade between the high seats and the floor. But what I realized was I didn't have a ticket for the floor, so I couldn't go back up to let Todd know where I was. Again, no cell phones, no nothing. Uh, nothing. Right, right, right. Um, and I was having just she was having a great way time. too much fun <laughs> <laughs> to want to go back and hang out with my brother. Right. Uh, so yes, I do apologize for, yeah. for scaring you. Hey, uh, tip for tat, sister. Uh, it's, you know, God bless you. Yeah. Uh, so, well, Anyhow, uh, I think those are the main ones. Uh, those are the, uh, you know, there, there's been, I mean, like, you know, there's been a time when I, I, I forced mom and dad to put Lee on a bus to come to Columbus and come see Buffett at an acoustic show. I thought she'd be really excited. She was not excited about being put on a bus somewhere. She had no idea where she was going. No, I just wasn't up for a weekend with <laughs> With me. That's really what it was. Even, even with the free Buffett gods included. I, I knew what I was getting into there. Yeah, uh, you know, I am. Well, Lee, we certainly appreciate you coming on. And uh, you've seen a few concerts over the years. I'm sure uh, there will be a few. I'm still trying to get uh, her and the kids to go see Drive-By Truckers. But she has taken TBT. Uh, she has taken them to see TBT at uh, the uh, Targi Fest. Targi Fest. Thank you. Excellent. So, Excellent. so the small children have experienced the truckers. So. Charlie's not quite convinced. He's, you know. He preferred he, Trombone Shorty. Oh, okay. yeah, like Trombone. Hey, right, but then again, right. Trombone Shorty danced right in front of him. I, you know, I, I'd be, in, I'd, I'd be a fan too if that were the case. And he's Trombone so. Shorty. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll be, we, you know, we'll be back maybe with more stories at some that point. Sounds good. I'd like to thank you for the the musical influences Aww. of my life. By the way. Uh, Lee has been here all week for Dad's 86th birthday. 86. Let's hear for Dr. Baker. Uh, he appeared on uh, episode J and episode K. Uh, yeah. our, our first special guest on the show. It, I it, love that. In the entire in the entire week that my sister has been here, from the time that I picked her up at the airport until right now, I haven't given her a hug yet. Oh. Okay. Oh, Pre-COVID hugging. There you go. If you can't help family during COVID times, you know. circumstances ever, you know, prevent my brother from graciously taking care of my parents and he's in search of another couch, that's on you, buddy. Yeah, you. I know. Todd, you always have a couch, but you know it's, it's a limit. I've lived with at least three or four times. I think I've maxed it out. <laughs> Although, Kevin, after I kick, you get the kiss stuff. So, because uh, the kids probably don't want it. So. <laughs> but uh yeah so you you can sell it all on ebay after i'm gone all right but uh, all right we'll uh i think that was episode the- x right, right there on. folks uh i think we got it in so <laughs> all right so two more stick around folks next week is why and yes i guess why because we have to <laughs> because kevin makes me we're getting close todd we're almost <laughs> to cz top we're almost there I've been doing this whole damn thing just to tell my Warren Zevon story. So we're making it to Z. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys go have a nice dinner with the folks. And uh, we'll see you next week, folks. On- All right, buddy. Love you, Kyle. Can you dig it? Take care, everybody. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? I still got serious traction.